0: Welcome to another Mother Runner podcast. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, your host here in the Portland studio with Molly Williams, my best running friend.
1: Hello, how are you, Sarah? I'm good.
0: I'm good. We did not run together this morning.
1: No, we didn't. I had to take Ellie to a doctor's appointment, and you refused to get up early enough to go running with me.
0: <laughs> let's <laughs> let's point out that the doctor's appointment was at 7:15. I right. No,
1: I've got up early for. No, I didn't want to run that early either. It yeah. No.
0: Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I I got back from running at 715 and then had to still had to do those dynamic flexibility drills. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. I'm
1: going to go out after this and do my run. Yeah. Listen and, to podcasts. Right. Not <laughs> this one. No, maybe not this exact one. No. Now.
0: <laughs> okay, Molly. So, uh, cue folks into your deal, which is, uh, you know, How's it been finding change lately?
1: Not so good.
0: <laughs> Not so good for you, that might be.
1: <laughs> I've been robbed. <laughs> I, I'm up eight cents. Oh, eight yeah, cents. Yeah, now go ahead and gloat. Okay. What, what did you find?
0: Um, so, what was that? About two and a half, three weeks ago, I found yeah. three
1: quarters
0: mm-hmm. on a three-mile run. Mm-hmm. And then on a mere 15 minute run to the gym, I found another quarter, Mm -hmm. um, which Daphne then when I was driving to school, she said, Mom, on a uh, run that lasted a quarter of an hour, you found a quarter of a dollar. Very I thought, good. I thought that was very clever, something, you know. They're, they're working on fractions in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. So, yeah. Um, and I found it. Then I found a nickel at the end of that um, really tough run we did on Saturday, mm-hmm. where we had to, what was it, 30 minutes at tempo, dropping the pace. And then right before, we had to shift to five minutes at 5K feel was when I found the nickel
1: right yes right in that transition mm-hmm. so we got to take a 10 yeah. second break which was good which was very no. welcome exactly yeah. Yeah. I'll pay five cents for that <laughs> what a bargain <laughs> I actually threw it out there
0: <laughs> it <should stop. laughs> oh my goodness but along that same stretch of road then on Wednesday morning was where you took your tumble Molly oh
1: I know it's just been so sad <laughs> It's been a few sad days. So Saturday when we did oh my our goodness. speed work, yeah. I sliced off the tip of my finger cutting a bagel before the run, before yeah. the run. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as most people probably know, I'm I'm a veterinarian, so I kind of have an idea of, like, what's a bad wound and what's not a bad wound. This was moderately bad, but I, I'm the last person that wants to go to the emergency room and get stitches, and it, it probably could have used a stitch. But I'm like, I'm going to just tape this thing down, and I'm going to graft this piece of skin <laughs> back on. So I get the bandages on good, good and tight, and that stops most of the bleeding. And, you know, when you cut yourself with something sharp, it just bleeds like a son of a gun. So we get out on our run. And we stopped to stretch and because yeah, we were
0: supposed to warm up for twenty minutes mm-hmm. and then stop and stretch and I think maybe do a couple of strides or something. Yeah. I, I definitely remember when we met up halfway between our homes, I noticed that your finger was bandaged and it was definitely like a nice clean bandage. Mm-hmm. And then when we stop at twenty minutes
1: I looked down on the ground and there's drops of blood everywhere. <laughs> there's blood all over my hands and on my clothes. <laughs> it's just completely bleeding through everything. And and then we're gonna start the intensive part of our work, which is just gonna bring my my blood pressure up more and it's going to bleed more. Now there's no way I'm going to bleed out from this. Although, you know, the average person might've wondered. So we stopped this woman who's getting out of her car, me with my bloody paw. And I'm like, can I borrow some some duct tape? And, and she's just a gas. Yeah, she was a gas. That's a good
0: word. She definitely the look on her face was like, and because that's because she can't walk up to her with the hand like all bloody. Hey, can I have some electrical tape? And she's like, ah.
1: And so yeah, so she has to. She's like, well, I can get you new bandages. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't want to take off what I've got. All I need to do is strap the sucker down and get this run over with. And so I, I do finally get some electrical tape from her and tape it up as best I can. It was a mess. Anyway, so we finished the run. That that was okay. And
0: you still, though, then we had to do dynamic flexibility drills after that run. Yeah. I and started... you were like, oh, look, I can... more droplets on the ground. And then you're like scraping along someone's like little um, stucco wall, like leaving like black claw marks. <laughs>
1: they're gonna wonder what happened Right? (laughs) yeah keep them guessing oh my
0: gosh oh my gosh so that yeah so that was up along uh i guess going street yeah and uh and so then
1: then what four days later so we were up on going street and we were doing speed work in the dark which is always a bit of a gamble. And that street is a bike street so there are some bike bumps, but I caught my shoe not on a bike bump. No, I don't it was think. on
0: the it's on the part of the street where most of it's paved asphalt. We were running on part of it where it is like cement huge cement um slabs. You know, the road it's made out of like cement slabs.
1: Is it the Madeira the bumpy stuff with It was just a crack, wasn't it?
0: No, I thought it was the part that looks like it's like it's a enormous uh cement tiles or something. Or maybe
1: you just pushed me. Is that what it was? <laughs> That's funny. I'm but like, anyway. oh, I'm so tired of racing
0: her on these 30-second repeats. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it was just our first minute First one. minute. So we had
0: had to do five at, I feel like, yeah, people yeah, can learn about our explaining. speed So yep. after a warm-up, we did um, five times 30 seconds on, so a little bit faster than a 5K feel, with 130 easy, so a minute 30 easy. Then after that, 10 minutes. Um, then we had to do one minute on, one minute off repeated it so it was after the it was in the first one minute of rest Mm -hmm. that you um bit the dust
1: I, I think we were still going fast oh you think yeah I think so but anyway it doesn't matter I I fell fairly badly for me and um scraped up my knee and my hands and and I'm gonna be just fine but that was it for me for the day I crawled over to the sidewalk gave myself a few minutes to Self pity. Yeah, and then I was like, "That's it. I'm going home." I didn't want to run if my knee was going to swell up, so I just went ahead and headed. And I'm fine.
0: You, de- but you definitely. I mean, you immediately were like, "I'm not going." you like, "No,
1: yeah, no," because you know you can't really tell how much swell you're going to get, and if you're going to get swelling, it's going to mess up the mechanics of your knee, and you know could further damage things.
0: Oh, it was very clever of you because I would have because when I have fallen during mm-hmm. runs, um, not the, uh, slide incidents aside, I have kept running. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would have kept going. Um, um, yeah, it would not have occurred to me to mm-hmm. think like you do about the swelling thing. I would have been like, Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. and um, yeah,
1: yeah, I, and I felt kind of traumatized. i I went home, took a shower, and I actually got back in bed for ten minutes just to sort of oh yeah chill well, out,
0: well, definitely, I mean, get your adrenaline flowing when you fall, don't you find that?
1: Yeah, and then on the way home, well, then you almost tripped after I was leaving you, you were yelling after me, although.
0: Oh no, on the, on before, on the fi- uh, when we were doing the 30 seconds, I um, okay. d- caught another lip like that. And, and then when we were going, I was gonna, like, when we turned around, cause we went one, like we went east for a while and then we turned around and went back west. And I almost said, watch your footing.
1: Yeah. Huh. And then on the way home, I almost got hit by a car backing out of driveway. It, you know, cause I was, <laughs> I know, right? I know. And then
0: this huge boulder rolled down. From... So
1: it's, it's the money. It's the finger. It's the knee. I think I'm going to start my period again. I'm 48. Let menopause come on, please. It's been bad few days. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, but our but
1: training's been going well. Aside, has, from, aside from all that, we've been yeah, having a really good training. It session.
0: has been going exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And we um, I want to give you kudos on air. You really crushed that five minutes at 5K feel at the end of our 30-minute tempo. Oh, thank you very much.
1: And um, I was like, I was like, wait,
0: Molly's ahead of me. Like, how does that work?
1: Things are wrong with the universe. See, this is the universe resetting it. (laughs) Bringing me down a notch.
0: Um, So then, um, and, and then, but then after you went home, then I f- kept on doing the five times 30 seconds in and 130. And then it, then right after that, had to go into five times 45 seconds on 15-second rest. So in essence, it was almost like five seconds just on. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely, as I was running, I thought, oh, I don't feel like I'm running as fast without Molly by my side. Because, you know, I do... Mm-hmm. F- Uh, in a good way i feel Mm -hmm. that you and i race each other Mm -hmm. um and i did though when we started that one minute i said hey if one of us is ahead and the other one starts to catch up it doesn't mean that the one ahead should go faster (laughs) because Mm -hmm. otherwise i'm like wait this is just a bad situation that's going to get out of hand and uh so then when i was running i thought oh i'm not running nearly as fast without molly by my side and then on the final 45 seconds i was like okay pretend like Molly's in front of you and you're trying to catch her. Like, do this for Molly. Do this for Molly. (laughs) Um, And then when Bree, uh, my coach, looked at the stats, she said I was going the same pace as when you... W- um, well, excellent. When you weren't there. And so I said, Oh, well, it feels like more effort when Molly's by my side because I get a little panicky. Mm. And so she said that I, that was astute of me to recognize that and that I need to try to kind of channel mm. and get a little zen.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And we've
1: got a race coming up on Sunday.
0: We do so on we'll Valentine's see Day we're recording. How it all plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, we've done very few races together. Yes. And um, is this only, no. Oh, we did, I was saying about that while I was um, putting on my shoes today, while I was putting on my socketies um that w- that time our first race was right around no it was in um early april and the time that i um, you helped you break me. two hours yeah, yeah i paced you and we were j- dressing matchy things yes. and we had socks that have hearts on the side <laughs> I and I was,
1: I was oh we should get those out for this i race. was thinking yeah, that, that we should idea. get out the socks
0: <laughs> um and then um i've given a lot of those to lane i'm i don't know if i still because i had a bunch yeah do you still have yours yeah oh good okay yeah, i'll wear mine Okay, um, I think I might have pink ones if I didn't give those to your oldest, Arlene. And um, so, yeah, Matt, when my skirt was too short and I was thinking I was all cute, and somebody comes up, someone who I had met at the expo beforehand, Mm -hmm. like the day before, she comes up, and I was all excited that she recognized me. And I've turned with this, like, excited anticipatory look on my face. She goes, I just wanted to let you know that your butt's hanging out. (laughs) I think my face was really like wah wah wah. <laughs> this is like a mile eight. I was like, oh my goodness, how long has my arse been showing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that was back in the day when I still would actually wear a skirt while I race. Oh, I guess we can't wear our socks if we're wearing capris on Sunday. Then we're gonna look like Minutemen. Oh, that's true. Um, that's not. I, I realize some people do that look. It's just. <laughs> Having grown up in Connecticut and you know been to one, too many you know American Revolutionary battleground sites, it, mm-hmm. I just hear the um, piccolo playing, you know, doo, 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 mm-hmm. do. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So anyway, um, oh, but that would be cute. Oh well, we'll think about it. We'll mm-hmm. think about it. So anyway, but but speaking about running gear, today's topic is running gear. Um, what's crucial? Why it's made like it is, and other behind the scenes details. Um, The guest is Leanne Zavalik, who has the fancy title of business unit manager for apparel at Saucony, which is our favorite brand of running apparel and footwear. Leanne is a mother runner-to-be at age 44. She is unexpectedly pregnant with her first baby. And um, trust me, we'll cover all that juicy life detail. But um, I do have to say, we tried recording with Leanne... And the Skype wasn't working, so I am going to talk to Leanne separately, which is unfortunate because when we were gabbing on the phone, we had a lot of the three of us were having fun talking. So it will just be me doing the interview, but wanted to get the intro chat with Molly. And you're going to ask my questions. I am going to ask your questions because they are good ones. Mm-hmm. They are good, such as. Um, do um, men wear jock straps under their shorts? We want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we want to know. Um, there my are my some... husband
1: says no. no, And then he revised it. He said, well, maybe if they, it's like with bras, maybe if they need more support, they do. That's, that's what he thinks. <laughs> they're they're a then, double D. <laughs> but then I wonder, would there be chafing? And then he told me that it's sort of more like a thong and that there shouldn't be much chafing. But see, I don't know.
0: Well, and also what man is going to say, oh, no, it's okay. I don't need a jock strap you know so yeah exactly other than that we are just going to be talking about women's apparel and fabrics (laughs) and all that stuff but but that was a question you brought up there and you there are several tmi questions it's going to be a lot of fun um unfortunately you won't be on that call but um uh so but before before i start talking with leanne we're going to take a moment to hear from a sponsor leanne welcome to the show thank you very much for having me all righty, so it's just going to be you and me cuz we had some technical difficulties. So, but yeah. but before we even get to your running and professional background, we must know. You're expecting your first baby, a surprise at age 44, so you got to overshare the details with us.
2: <laughs> Lucky for you, I'm a I'm a classic oversharer. So, uh, <laughs> We like those. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, um, let's see, I, I met my husband, the the love of my life, uh, several years ago. Um, he's a few years younger than me. And unlike a lot of people, women and men, I think he was 100% certain he wanted kids. And uh, so me being a little bit older, even at that point, I was sort of not really sure, you know, but I, I said, well, we can try, you know. Um, and that was kind of really how it started. I I, I never expected it to work <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an overshare <laughs> which i sort of feel i i give way too many people my poor husband but it, it's true just you know based on all of the things that you hear and certainly i had had a lot of friends um who went through really a lot of challenges conceiving even at much younger ages mm-hmm. so i thought well you know this is just going to be difficult but um hey it, it worked and by all accounts um she's very healthy. Um, It's a girl, which I'm super excited about. And um, she's due in May. And they, they tell me that everything is absolutely great. And I've been, for the most part, very, very lucky in the sense that, you know, I've felt good and I haven't been sick. And I've been able to do most of the things that I normally do, although some of the funny side effects are really like the numb hands or the mm. constantly being out of breath are yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really interesting and different, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's an, I'm glad to have the experience cause I feel like I'm in a club that I, I never would have been in otherwise. And so now I'm definitely understand what people say when they yeah. talk about it, which is, <laughs> which is
0: good. Well, we're very excited for you. When you told me uh, an email, I was like, "Oh, that's so exciting! Oh my gosh!" So uh, I feel you don't know what uh, joy and love awaits you. So I, um,
2: I, I, I believe you. you know, I, I've heard that from so many people. So I just, you know, and I'm looking forward to meeting her. I think you know she's going to be a cool person, and and it'll be a, an experience I wouldn't have had otherwise. So nice. those are good to have in life.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, so, so tell us, please, about your running history and your professional gra- background. Like, how'd you end up in your job at Socony and what is your role exactly?
2: So I'm uh, the director of merchandising for The Line, which means that basically I, um, each season, work with the creative team uh, at the beginning to sort of decide what we really want the line to look like so it's it's my job to make sure that the line is profitable and makes money but also i have a a huge part to play in exactly how we're going to do that so what type of styles how many of each Um, we partner together on all of the decisions at the beginning of the season the color palette seasonally the prints um the fabric choices um, I sit in design reviews and talk about, you know, how we want each style to look and feel. I sit in all the fittings with the technical team and talk about how I want it to fit. I think I mentioned to you I generally test everything myself as well. So, um, you know, as far as fit and also fabrication and feel, um, technical performance, you know, we're a pretty technical running brand, but we also feel our product really works well in lots of other sports, so um, I wear our stuff to the gym as well or out and about and kind of definitely have a a strong opinion about all of it. Um, But really, (laughs) to sum it up uh, most, the way that the folks here at Saucony describe me as Leanne Heads Up Apparel, it's just sort of like the the, um, easiest way to describe the person who makes a lot of the decisions that ultimately determine what the line will look like each season and then I present it to our sales team and off they go and and sell it so it's a pretty fun job honestly for a person who likes to run and be active because you get to be involved every day in the creation of a real product that that actually you see out and about and and in the world and make a difference for people hopefully um, and all of that makes it makes it pretty pretty unique and, and interesting.
0: Nice. Nice. So then, then do the, do all those, you know, fabrication and colors and all those things. I mean, do those just fly out of the designers brains or like, you know, do they like see what Pantone is predicting for the coming year? Or do they, you know, go to Morocco and get inspired by, you know, the shifting sands and the colors there. (laughs) How does that all work?
2: Um, so we, we definitely partner up together with that, um, and have a sense for what we think the line should look like. Um, Most creative processes that involve apparel or anything trend-related, we have access to certain trend services that give us predictions and forecasts and reports and show us pictures kind of from runway and inspirational shots um, about sort of what's coming. And we take that information and we kind of – Use it to look through the lens of our own particular product in our line and what makes sense for us. So, my standard joke is if beige is the color of the season, probably. Running beige isn't going to be a, a <laughs> great thing for a running brand because it might not feel so fast or exciting or athletic. <laughs> or might, might look
0: like you're naked. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. The <laughs> depending tattoo. on your skin yeah. tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: So or become see through and it's sweaty. There are all hosts of problems you could have. So it's kind of you know we take the information that that the trend services provide, but then we really use it to kind of create what we feel is the the look that we want for our particular brand and our product so that's kind of where we start from um, and then we take inspiration like from runners who we know people we know um, our you know our friends our coworkers. we're a lot a lot a lot of runners work at Saucony so that that helps because we can definitely have a, a host of opinions um, we have a huge wear test group who we work with um, folks who test both shoes and apparel for the brand so we get information from them about what's working or what they might need. Um, so it's a kind of a combination of a lot of the things that you asked for. And then our buyers and ultimately our customers as well will give us feedback, and we hopefully use that to make
0: the line better if we need to. So it occurred to me while you were talking, that I was thinking the other day that Saucony hasn't done a running skirt in, a, in several years, at least it seems mm-hmm. to me like two or three and it's and so I wrote the um not to sound like I'm tooting my own horn but I wrote about <laughs> running skirts for runner's world a bunch of years ago it was kind of the first big article about running skirts and I was such a convert but I just have not I haven't worn a skirt in like I didn't wear one last summer I don't think I wore one the summer before like I don't know what do you what what do you think about what where running skirts are in the world. Well, the
2: running, the running skirt was probably as, as, as lightning rod of a, of a category as it can get in the world of running. So you would have a lot of female runners who swore by the running skirt and loved it because they didn't really love shorts for whatever I mean, that, reason. That was,
0: that was definitely me. I mean, I, yeah. I was that person. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they felt that, you know, the skirt was maybe a little bit more flattering um, and the fit was a little bit easier because a lot of times you'd have the compression short underneath and then the skirt over the top. So you didn't get any kind of unattractive bunching, Mm -hmm. yet you had the the chafe resistance from the inner compression liner. So a lot of women really, really liked it. Um, But then there were as many women, I would say, who felt that the skirt was almost like a... um, not an insult, but, you know, just shy of that where it's like, I'm a female runner. I don't need to wear a skirt. I can mm-hmm. wear shorts just like everybody else, you know, kind of or just like any right. man, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. And and so you have you would have just as many kind of runners who would say that. So that was that was definitely part of it. I think the trend was a trend for a while. It was something that people kind of gravitated towards just based on trend. And then as many trends do, it kind of ebbs and flows. The capri Mm -hmm. really took over for the skirt or, or definitely kind of overtook the skirt, I would say in popularity by a long shot, you know, Mm -hmm. it just became the capri was everywhere. It was, you know, on runners and it was in the gym and it was, you know, then it became athleisure and it was all around. And so that, I think a lot, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people who used to feel maybe a little self-conscious wearing just a tight short or a tight-fitting bottom um, alone without the skirt over it just kind of got over that concern and felt like, you know, I can I can do this. You know, it's not just for, you know, an elite athlete or a skinny, skinny person to wear a capri. You know, they're, women come in all shapes and sizes and it's kind of okay. And the capri is such a trend. And honestly, then you get the chafe resistance and it doesn't ride up and all of the things that you also want out of a bottom and it's easier so we as a brand you know like as you mentioned we used to carry a skirt we would have one um, maybe in the spring season only we sold some of them and you know did fine with them they fit great and you know we worked on it um, the way we do on all products but there were a couple of um, skirt specific brands or stores that really mainly catered to women that seem to have the the small the very small and and decreasing at the time skirt business kind of sewn up and we felt like it would make more sense for our brand profitability wise to go in a direction that maybe was had a little bit more meat on the bone as far as demand in the customer's mind so, so that's the long story of the skirt
0: <laughs> so it's always a long story so and then Saucony created the world's most perfect capri the bullet capri it I thank is. you for that, that compliment. I really do. Oh, and I mean it utterly sincerely. I mean, w- we sing the praises of the bullet capri high, low. I mean, I remember in the Philly marathon, uh, 2014, I was wearing mine and this woman came up to me. She recognized who I was and she's like, look, I'm wearing my bullet capri cause you recommended them. I just love them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that.
2: So that was one of the first projects that I worked on when I started working for this brand. And, uh, it's really become a very beloved product as you mentioned and a lot of the buyers and in, in many of the running specialty stores that we uh sell our apparel in feel the same way about it because they can carry a phone in the pocket. That's generally the mm-hmm. the comment that I get. It's the phone in the pocket that's oh, yeah. really that's really helping it. But honestly when we created the product the idea was the perfect capri for long runs as well as shorter runs so um, the bullet capri is always a nylon lycra based fabric so it has a cool touch and really great moisture management good compression and but you don't get really overheated it's not an overly thick Mm -hmm. fabric Um, so that was always part of it and then the the cargo pocket was the other they're sort of the two main components of the bullet capri and the cargo pocket you could carry a phone in obviously but also a couple of gels yeah, and exactly. you know you can stuff the stuff the uh, wrappers in there afterwards you don't yep. have to fumble around with the zipper so there were a lot of things that sort of we were we were talking about but phones in the meantime have gotten bigger and bigger right. and bigger and so it's really become sort of a, a a great solution which we is something that we always try to build into all of our product
0: and also the the incredibly flattering wide waistband. Um, as a yeah. mom who had twins via C section, uh, that's a part of my body I'm just not overly in love with. So it just really <laughs> smooths things out, and you have the the infinity um, drawcord. Draw cord. I don't I don't know if if that's what infinity is the word you all use, but that's what I think of it as because it's uh you know it doesn't it's not where I have to tie it and then lose it in the wash and all that stuff. <laughs> right. So um, yeah. So,
2: We love that, you know, and it has a stretch to it, the draw cord as well, so you don't feel like it's digging in if you do decide to to draw it. Yeah. Yeah. The way our waistband is designed, we add an extra layer of stabilization on the interior part of the waistband, so it should stay in place mm-hmm. without needing the draw cord. Oh, which yeah. Is oh, ultimately... I Oh I never tie it. Oh,
0: yeah. No, no, yeah. No, no. Yeah, it yeah. just lays there. That but... was
2: my goal yeah. for it. Um, but we want it to be there in case the, the runner feels more secure with it on. And sometimes you lose weight and then you're honestly wearing too big of a size and they start to shift down on you. Um, so you need that draw cord before you maybe replace the pants and and celebrate losing the weight if that was your goal <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> alas i haven't had that issue but there's so. <laughs> okay. um, so and then then there's another one of your items that we just adore is the daybreak tea um i sported yeah. the long sleeve version in my half marathon this past sunday um so tell us about that fabric and that we understand Socony is even improving it even more so kind of if you could talk right. about that as as well as just kind of fabrics in general for how sure. they work for runners please
2: so, daybreak is a, um, a burnout. What you'd call a burnout. So, burnouts are created in any number of ways. But whenever you see those sort of really soft, comfortable um, shirts, and oftentimes you find them just in in lifestyle t-shirts. So, not even always in a in a technical product will you find that fabric. But where it has the high lows and some of the some of the spots on the fabric actually look much more sheer than others, that's the part that's actually been actually burned out using acid um, and that's how the fabric is created so the mill will actually knit up the fabric and create the the pattern that you want burned out and then it goes through a process where it's treated with acid and it burns out that that part of the fabric so it leaves you with those sheer sections and then the less sheer sections and sometimes they're random sometimes they have a pattern i've seen them even done with you know letters um you know like spelling words or just kind of a um more of a ra- random pattern which is how ours is um but one thing that i always wanted for the daybreak fabric went, from the time i started here was for it to have a little bit of stretch or like a lycra um addition so that it washed better and, it you know, kind of you could pull it down, wear it, you know, loose or wear it in it, but yet it didn't look baggy, you mm-hmm. know, kind of all those, those components in mind. Um, but this was a really hard thing to do because the lycra and the acid don't really mix well together. So it was something that we worked on and worked on and talked to many, many mills about fabric mills and finally came up with something and it was just actually put into the market this spring so spring of 2016 um which really for us launches in february so it's just this month um they're starting to hit stores and um sarah you'll have to give us all a um a review of it because we sent you some so they're on their way yeah yeah
0: because um i i have um kind of beefy arms i uh and uh so that sometimes the on the daybreak long sleeve the um Sometimes the forearm is a little too tight. And I was, I think, telling you last week when we tried to have this conversation that now that I'm training for Boston, I sometimes have to write my workout on my forearm, like on the inside of my forearm with a sharpie. Right. And so yeah. I'll be like, if, if I know I have like a challenging tempo workout that has a lot of changes of paces and for how long it is, and I'm like, oh, I can't wear that specific daybreak because it's too tight and I can't pull it up during, you know, mid run. So I have yeah. to, you know, so now that, that problem will be alleviated. So thank you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And that, <laughs> that story right there is something that you would tell me. And if you were, you were, you know, any person who I might come in contact with along the way and you were telling me that story I would take it just as seriously as if, you know, we're recording a podcast together to say to you that that's a problem that we would want to solve for you as a brand, you know, creating a solution for runners is something that we talk about here. It's not just something that we kind of, you know, tend to do we really want to do so for you to say to me I love this shirt but I can't roll up the sleeves it's like mm-hmm. you know the first thing I would have said up until now is you know I know it needs stretch or the stretch is coming and now I can finally say to you, it's out there with stretch, you know, so this should solve the problem and it's like, makes me happy to think that, you know, we're able to do that because I don't want your favorite shirt to be the one you can't reach for on the day you have to roll up your sleeves because being able to roll up your sleeves shouldn't be just a special thing you can only do with certain <laughs> tops. You should really be able to do that all the time.
0: <laughs> a, so, and yeah, and the Sunday's happy marathon yeah. got kind of, I got kind of a little bit clammy and so like I'm like, like I said, I was wearing the daybreak and it was one that has um, I don't know the, the fits it's from a different season so the cut is slightly different so I'm like okay I can pull it about halfway up my forearms that's okay gives me a little air a little breathing room for my arms um, so <laughs> so, um, so, um, so this year um, AMR tapped six women to be our role mothers we're calling them and these are women who represent various types of runners from a beginner to a marathon runner to a sputterer and a triathlete and so I figured since they're a good assortment of runners that I mm-hmm. t- turned to them for some questions so here goes sure. um, melissa our marathon role mother she's on the short side so she wants to know how a company like Saucony decides how long to make tights or capris or the arms of a t-shirt or a jacket and on the flip side of that i have to say that dimity um the c- other co-founder of amr is six four so she's probably wondering the same thing too
2: <laughs> yes i met dimity and i'm i'm height challenged myself i'm only five too so uh it's a uh It's definitely a concern. I know we get requests a lot of the time for long or short lengths um, in some of the full-length tights. What we do um, and how we fit everything is we fit everything on a real-life person. um, And generally, a fit model, that's what they're called, um, tend to be of average height and average build or whatever you consider to be your kind of ideal person, wearing your product, and you fit always the same size. So in our case, we always fit on the size medium, and our women's fit model is about 5'6 or 5'7. So we fit to her length, and that's really how we decide. It kind of differs by the fabric. You know, we have a fit guide on our product online, for example, so if a person wants to know, you know, what the, what the inseam length is, it's usually listed there product by product. Sometimes a stretchier fabric will have a shorter inseam length just because we know that it pulls down farther and then a Mm -hmm. fabric with less stretch or you know say a pant you know something that really has a straighter cut and you're not going to be pulling it down or it won't stay even if you do um that and seem like it might not be quite as long because it's you don't want it dragging on the ground and you want it to kind of stay in, in the spot where you put it so it's for us anyway it really goes style by style by style as far as how to, how long to make arms how long to make pant legs how long to make tight legs um, if you have a thumb hole on something obviously you have a much longer sleeve than without mm-hmm. um, and we kind of take into account all of those those considerations but we are trying to make a fit that for the most part um, fits the the average person so as I said I'm a shorter person I'm mm-hmm. also a little bit on the smaller side so the inseam legs get a little bit shorter when you go down on the size scale and they get a little bit longer as you go up but that doesn't always solve the problem for everybody. Sometimes someone might need a large, but they're not super tall, or they might be really skinny and really tall. So, mm-hmm. you know, the small might fit them around the waist, but then it's way too short in the legs. And those are really difficult problems to tackle um, unless you are a huge, huge brand and you have tons and tons of money invested in inventory and you can kind of put a lot of um, different lengths and such into into work and have them available for people. But even, you know, the research that we do as far as our market, the some of the big brands, there's a big one that's kind of based more in your part of the country starts with N and uh, (laughs) even they don't always make their tights and lengths because I think it's just one of those things where people say they want it. But then ultimately, because of the way that apparel is hopefully fitted, a lot of times they work for most people Mm, mm -hmm. but it's you know I I always think you know it's got to be really really frustrating for like the dimities of the world who are just tall you know and and once it's too short it's just too short and it's got to be really hard and and from my perspective in this job I that's one of those moments where I feel like I want to fix this you know what can we do and and besides custom making it for her or you know (laughs) <laughs> sometimes we we can't always get there but that's how we decide
0: oh my gosh when I uh, worked at a magazine in Boston it was called walking and it was like runner's roll but for walkers and um it's <laughs> defunct now and um so anyway <laughs> I worked with this woman and she was tall like I am I'm eleven, and um yeah. she said to me what she said Sarah it's so cute how you can wear your pants too short I'm like, um, uh, not sure whether to say thank you or not. I remember when Capri's
2: first started to hit the market, I was so excited because I thought these are things I don't have to hem, you know, <laughs> nice. like, you know, pants that were just short. And on me, they weren't quite as short as they were on other people, but at least I didn't, I didn't have to hem them. You know, it's like spending all my money in the tailor all the time. So we <laughs> people problems.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, so well, and speaking of length, Pam, who's our grandmother role mother, um, mm-hmm. she wants to know why you don't make the sock bullet in a pair of sh- in a fitted short that has a five or six inch inseam you know so like that length with the fitted short is super popular with the mother runner crowd and and I know there is a bullet short but when I've I've worn I've run in it once and then I wear it sometimes to bar class and when I wore in bar class, my instructor at the end goes, "Oh, those booty shorts are so cute on you, Sarah." And I'm like, "Oh, doe, I was not aiming for the booty short look."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bullet that <laughs> we call it the bullet tight short has a four inch inseam for a size medium. So um, that's it. And then we have a we have another line of uh, fitted, you know, capris tights. Tight shorts called the scoot, uh-huh. um, and we have a five and an eight inch inseam in the scoot tight shorts. So those unfortunately don't have your pocket. Yeah. Um, so and and it's funny that you're asking me this question today because I was just talking with um, my creative folks this morning about changing up the the tight shorts a little bit um, just based on where we think we're going to be the most successful. So. Um, when we we just introduced the longer length um, scoot tight shorts, so the eight inch and Mm. it's been pretty successful right out of the gate. I think it's something that, you know, a lot of, not only the mother runner crowd, but a lot of different crowds kind of feel is something that they have been wanting. Yeah, Um, And some brands from what I understand used to have something and don't anymore. So it's, it's a, it's probably an underserved market. So given that the, Bullet is our most popular Capri. You know, I may look to do a longer tight short in that. So I, I will definitely keep you posted on that.
0: Internally, you can call it the mother runner short. Um, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So with that, with that booty call, booty short, maybe we're sort of veering back into TMI territory. Um, <laughs> and um, this question comes from Ashley, who's our new mother, whose first baby is about 10 months old. And Ashley asks, undies or no undies? Should we be attempting the no panty party <laughs> under <laughs> sock any tights or is going commando or is it just a preference? And I'll tell you that, that Dim and I, we wrote about this in, I want to say, maybe run like a mother, but maybe it was train like a mother. Um, we both fall very firmly in the commando, um, go commando territory. So I'm just just throwing (laughs) that out there. Yeah.
2: As many, many, many people do. It's definitely, I would say a preference, um, first and foremost, um, ideally your, your tights, um. Or you're, if you're if you're running in a short, like a traditional short that has a liner, it has kind of the built-in liner that's mm-hmm. sort of an underwear built-in, you definitely shouldn't need to wear another pair of underwear underneath that. If it's a tight short or a capri or something like that um, and you're questioning it, um, it's a personal preference, what you're comfortable with first and foremost, but hopefully the... Um, The item has been made with a gusset. So there's a a little, it's usually shaped like a triangle, sometimes shaped like a football um, that's in between where all the seams come together. That is usually the difference between comfort and. Oh
0: oh my gosh, and absolute agony. Oh my yeah, gosh
2: or and even a really unattractive look that that uh, mm-hmm. some folks would would mm-hmm. call out with some kind of gross yeah
0: terms. with an but, animal um, that maybe has humps uh-huh yep mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> you got it um so
2: you know the, the the gusset and the fit of the gusset the shape of the gusset and the way that it's made is kind of a, a really really important part of the fit process and that's again something that we wear tests something that we work on something that we talk about with our fit team that, um, and we also talk about it for the liners of men's shorts as well. It's really important for a guy. Um, and it's, it's definitely not always, you know, the, the, most exciting conversation, but it's the <laughs> difference between a really uncomfortable run and not. So we have to make sure that we get those things right. But that that would allow you ideally to be able to run without wearing underwear, unless you were just more comfortable wearing them. And some people are. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's great not to wear them. I'm personally definitely in the camp with you and Demity, but, uh, I know one of my designers, she always wears them and she says, yeah, she's just comfortable that way. She likes it. So it's a personal thing.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so Molly's question that I'll ask since she's not here. And then we alluded to in the intro is, um, (laughs) I know you deal with women's apparel, but do elite male runners, do they wear anything under their shorts? Like, um, if it has the built in, I mean, um, (laughs) Uh, just cause are those shorts like enough for, for a dude? If
2: they have, um, a looser short on. So, and even like a split short or anything like that, generally it does have, um, a liner inside. And if not, they'd, will generally wear something underneath because for a man it's kind of like a bra for a woman. I mean that's the part of the anatomy that for men we have to actually support because they oh, the, yeah, yeah. there will be pain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but, it's, it's but important. If, if they have if the shorts have a built in liner, that's enough for a man? Yes. Yes, it should be. Because, okay, because then Molly was wondering, like, well, maybe, like, you know, depends on size. I'm like, oh, like, some guy's going to be like, oh, I'm small enough. I can go without. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, like, the women who would wear two sports bras because, you know, they're not in the, the right fit <laughs> of a bra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, thing. I need to wear they two jocks. Two yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully not necessary. Shouldn't be necessary unless the thing fits completely wrong. <laughs>
0: um, So, all right. So and then um, Tanya, who's our role mother, who's a sputterer, she's an on again, off again runner, said she loves the bullet line of Saucony Apparel because of the pockets on the length on the side. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she says pockets seem like a no brainer, but most apparel doesn't have pockets like that. Is there a reason I would even love a zip pocket on a shirt? Pockets everywhere, she says.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because there are many, many people who, who feel the way that, uh, Tanya feels. Um, and we have pockets on a lot of our shirts. We try to make them invisible so it looks like a little envelope it's usually on the back hip on the right side Uh Um, so many of our shirts have that sometimes they even have zips so we have some shirts coming I want to say fall fall 16 yes I forget sometimes what year it is now because we work so far ahead um, that have zipper pockets in the back too and Buyers love to see pockets. They oh. think it's an extra added bonus for a customer to buy something, and customers love to see pockets. We, as the creators of the line, are always asking each other, what do people put in these pockets? Because <laughs> with the exception of maybe one credit card or a card key at a hotel, anything else we feel like would would be swinging around or banging you, you know. but maybe one car key or one house key would fit in there too. Um, so we continue to, to put them, we, we have them on a lot, a lot, a lot of our tops. So I would say, I would say, look for them on the back. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're there because they're made in the same fabric as the top and they're, they're kind of hidden a little bit, but. Right, they're uh, a
0: little, they're a little origami with the folded over top sometimes. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, exactly. I, think, I think it calls to mind like when I would run with an iPod rather than my phone. And so mm-hmm. then it was kind of shaped like. Um, a little bit like a card, kind of uh, rect- thin rectangle. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't. Yeah. Do, do people still run with just regular iPods? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think people do. I think people do. People run with all kinds of stuff. Right. Right. Um. So, and then our triathlete role mother, she so she lives out on the east coast, and she's staring down training in some frigid temperatures. So she's mm-hmm. hoping you can share some tips for layering, and not just fabrics and materials, but also how to layer top to bottom.
2: Sure. So, well, the first tip that I usually give when it comes to layering for seasonality is to remember that you're going to warm up as soon as you get outside. So, or you get going. Um, when you first come out the door, you want to feel a little bit cold, um, like you wouldn't want to stand around in the outfit that you're wearing, because the the tip I usually give is add 20 degrees. So check the temperature Ooh, 30, and add 20 okay. degrees. Mm-hmm and dress for that so if it's if your thermometer says it's 15 degrees outside you want to dress for 35 roughly then take into account your own personal experiences so some people run hot some people run cold in that case you may want to add or subtract off of that that 20. so first start with that because if you're dressing for 15 degrees and then you start running you're going to overheat and feel overdressed almost 10 minutes into it and then it's going to be kind of uncomfortable you're peeling back layers and then you're wearing the jacket tied around your waist, and you're holding your gloves in your hand, and you're doing all right, those things right. that we've probably all done at one point or another because you know, or the, the headband that's pulled around your neck because you can't stand it on your head anymore. Right. So, that's the starting point is just thinking in terms of, of the warm up. Um, but then, as far as how to layer from top to bottom, obviously, for women, it's The most important layer is a sports bra, um, fitted appropriately for your size, um, which is you know a whole other conversation that we can have. Um, And then your base layer um, should be light in weight and something that wicks moisture really well because you probably will sweat next to the body even on a very cold day um, because you do need to have you know outer layers to protect you from elements, be it water or wind, but that base layer, you know, right next to skin is something that you want to have specifically to move moisture. Um, If it's a particularly cold day, some people feel like they want to have two pairs of pants on. And so have asked, you know, what kind of, you know, pants layer well one over the other. So, you know, you can wear even like a very lightweight capri or tight as a base layer and then pull over it a, a more, weather blocking fabric like something like our nomad pant or nomad tight which has a a wind and water shielded fabric on the front of the legs and so it's something that as you're going into the cold would help you block some of that air um but dressing in layers what what layering generally does is traps warm air next to the body and keeps that um layer of air keeping you warm so that's why layering is so important you know even if you have a very warm jacket if you wear just say a singlet or a tank top and then throw on a really heavy warm jacket you might actually feel colder than the person who wears two lightweight you know long sleeve tops and then one lightweight jacket over it because they'd feel
0: warmer Right.
2: Yeah, yep. they're going to feel warmer because that person's going to be able to trap a little bit more warm air next to the body. Mm-hmm. So it isn't always about, you know, I need to get heavier and heavier and heavier with my with my clothes, but I need things that easily layer one over the other and move the moisture. So what's closest to the body is going to be a moisture-moving piece, and then what's furthest away from the body is what's going to be your protection. So if it, wind is honestly usually more of a concern than cold. If it's a windier day and not quite as cold in the temperature, you can sometimes feel colder than on a colder day that's still. You right. know, so because right. you're, you're moving, you create a little bit of uh, wind resistance or or, you know, that convection as you're moving along. <laughs> but... It kind of it kind of changes based on you know at least in, in New England we get a lot of wind here so
0: right right and so that that brings to mind um that i adore Saucony vests like i just i pretty much wear one from about october through april or may cuz it you know, out here in the Pacific Northwest doesn't get all that cold, but it's works well for keeping precipitation off my main part of my body that I don't want to get totally soaking wet. Like, and it seems like you all, Saucony always has at least one or two great vests in the line. Um, Am I alone in my love vests, or do you, do you yeah. all see that as like you know a versatile piece that a lot of people have?
2: <laughs> we also love vests here, and and I'm glad that you mentioned the vest because it's a good um, reminder to say that keeping your core warm, so the middle part of your body where all of your kind of main organs are, mm-hmm. is another strategy that you can use to kind of stay warmer. So if you think about it, if you keep your core warm, the warmest part of you, then the blood will flow out to your hands and your feet and your legs and your arms um kind of as a as it heats up your your heart and your lungs but if your core your midsection is cold and your body's working really hard to keep that part of you warm then that's when your hands tend to get really cold but if you can kind of like layer well in the middle so that's why even sometimes just a tank top as a base layer can be a really good um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a really good choice and the vest kind of works the same way it's keeping that that midsection really warm but then you know if you think about it while your arms kind of heat up and then they're fine you know you're not really as worried about having protection over your arms as you are about in over your heart
0: right right yeah so and then that that brings to mind also um wool i hear i think i saw in some um like uh industry newsletter or something that is introducing wool into some apparel is that
2: right? Yes, we do. We do have a few pieces that are, um, that have wool blends. Um, so we use, we like the the technical features of wool, which um, many of the wool brands have started to really um, educate people that wool makes a great um, technical fabric because it's anti- microbial very naturally so it never smells um and it obviously has a, a great amount of warmth to it so it keeps you warm um as well so it kind of has a technical and uh, just a straight up warm cozy feeling which a lot of times is a, a mental you know kind of thing that when you feel warm you're gonna be warm <laughs> right, right 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 um yeah so we've we've um in our run warm product you know which is usually our our um mid-range layers that are generally worn either next to skin or as a as a mid-layer thermal layer um we've we've started to bring in some wool blends
0: i've also found living here in the pacific northwest that wool is just the perfect thing to wear when you're going to get wet because it still Mm -hmm. maintains its warm properties when it's wet Mhm. Um mm-hmm. so Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for for you all to be doing wool. Um so now you touched on sports bras. Um yes. so what's the life expectancy of a sports bra? You know, how often should a runner replace hers? And is there any way to tell when it's time to chuck a bra because I I definitely, you know, you, I know there's a quote in one of our books this woman I think her name is Yoko or something like that. She says that she has this runs in the same bra that she wore in high school. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Like (laughs) unless you're a freshman in college, that's not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Please don't do
2: that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, some, some of the brands have even um, started to tell folks that when you replace your shoes, you should also be replacing your bra. Um, I would definitely kind of, um, agree with that assessment because the support mechanism of a sports bra makes it really more of a piece of equipment than it is just a piece of apparel. Um, It's really important to make sure that that you have the proper support for your bra. And the bigger your size, the more important it becomes. Because the, the typical, what a lot of people would call a sports bra is a compression fit. So it's that pull on bra with maybe the racer back. It doesn't have a clip. It doesn't fit the way that a, that a regular bra fits that you'd buy in, you know, Victoria's secret or wherever. Um, and that type of bra compression fit is really mainly able to support, an A, B cup maximum of some C cup women, but who, those maybe who run on the smaller side of the C cup. Um, otherwise, because because basically what is compression doing, it's just using stretch fabrics to kind of hold the tissue as close as it can to the body and keep it from bouncing around. But running is a high-impact activity, and it takes a lot to hold the breast secure the bigger it gets. Um, yep. It's just, you know, it's kind of – engineering 101 right <laughs> um so when when women are are bigger really than like i said a, a c cup you know kind of the mid-range of the c cup they need more what's called an encapsulation fit so that's usually fit with a band and cup sizing so you want to look for for brands that carry band cup sizing in their bras so that you can get the fit to be right because then that what encapsulation fit does is fits each breast individually and and kind of holds and, and supports them that way so that the high impact of running doesn't hurt you because it can really actually hurt when you're wearing a bra that doesn't have proper support. So what you want to look for on the bras for us to see if it's wearing out or any you know puckering along the seams. Um, Anything that, you know, when it starts to look wavy, like it's been stretched one too many times and kind of doesn't really have that same stretch and recovery, um, that's when you can see visually. But also I would say that, you know, the test as far as how does it feel, you know, when you're running along, are you starting to feel like you're bouncing? Are you getting any chafing that you weren't getting before from the same bra? You know, are you starting to feel like you have to tighten up the straps a little bit more because Mm. the elasticity is starting to go? You know, those are all things that you look for to say that you know, the, the support is really starting to, to not be as good. And also, how often do you use it? You know, are, you, are you a runner who goes out one or two times a week, or do you run every day? And if you do run every day, you need to have you know, several sports bras. You, you want to have one that you're wearing, one that's in the laundry, one that's drying from the day before. You definitely don't want to wear the same one every day because it, it could really start to become worn out quickly in that, in that scenario.
0: Right, 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 right. Good tips. Good tips. All right. So, so lastly, um, this is an issue that's just been really irking me when I run, which is, um, I run in the morning and, I just can't tell you how many runners we see wearing dark clothes and not having mm-hmm. any lights on. And, I mean, this mm-hmm. morning, I, I mean, we didn't see a single runner wearing anything that you could see them from a distance. So mm. so I always sport a Visipro vest and, uh, you know, have the pops of reflective material on the bullet capris, you know, sometimes on the arms of a Saucony shirt. So mm-hmm. explain the thinking behind placement of reflective strips and fabrics that are more visible than others.
2: Okay. So visibility can be... Um... Achieved through like you're saying through fizzy pro or bright colors, um, brighter colors like neons have more. the technical word is chromaticity, which is um, how much of the how much of the color itself actually reflects when light hits on it. Um, and that 's generally achieved through the really bright neon colors, um, but brighter colors as you know white or light colors as you as you note are far easier to see in low light conditions than than black or dark gray um, so that's that 's one thing you know we kind of try to have a range of color available in both tops and bottoms, so for people who want to be visible, um, we also generally do have reflective elements um, on all of our, our stuff, and some of them are now, there's new um, technology available in reflectivity that it can be a black logo, but then when it gets hit by light, it does light up. So if you see those logos on there, sometimes it's black on black and you're not quite sure. If you take out your phone and use the either the flashlight or or turn on the camera and then use the solid light feature mm-hmm. and look through, you can usually, that's how you can tell if there's some reflectivity there. Um, but as far as um, no reflectivity at all on certain garments and why that might be. So as athletic wear has morphed into everyday wear and something that we wear all the time everywhere, a lot of women in particular are asking us for less and less and less silver mm-hmm. um, Visible reflectivity on some of their garments, particularly tights and bottoms, um, because they 're thinking if i 'm wearing um, you know my Capri out to like your bar class for example, and then I want to wear it all day, you know to and from wherever work, or i 'm picking up my kids or i 'm going out with a friend for coffee or whatever i 'm doing, wearing a lot of silver makes them feel like they 're wearing technical clothes, but wearing something without a lot of silver makes them feel like they 're wearing just clothes because.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah.
2: These kind of clothes are really, like I said, you know, we're, they went from an hour a day to all day now. Um, right. So we really, as a as a brand, we're mainly a technical running brand. So our technical running product will always have reflectivity on it, both tops and bottoms, because we know that that's an important feature for runners who are going to be running in low light conditions but if something if we feel that the essence of something is a little bit more lifestyle what you call lifestyle or training where maybe they're going to be wearing it in the gym we might look for black reflectivity or even you know keep the reflectivity really really simple um maybe put it on the back instead of the front so it's something that kind of fades away and makes the piece feel a little bit more versatile. Um, and for us, that's a way to kind of diversify the line so that we have our technical-run product, but then we also have some, some lifestyle or some you know, kind of more to-and-from all-day product. Um, but I'm wondering if that's why you're starting to see your, your you know, sort of cohort there out in, in your area seem less visible instead mm-hmm. of more right. just maybe because mm-hmm. a lot of brands are going in that direction based on customer request.
0: Right, right. It's funny you saying the word lifestyle and kind of explaining it. I worked for a year at um, Lucy.com back when it was a website and uh, yeah. And so uh, Molly one time said to me uh, after about a year or two of knowing me, she's like, Sarah, I never heard anyone use the word lifestyle as an adjective before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, that's a carryover from my year with, with an apparel company.
2: <laughs> yeah, once you once you adopt a certain type of vocabulary, then it just stays with you, and then, you know, you forget that not everyone speaks that language.
0: Right, right, or you say colorway, and people are like, what? Why did you just yeah. say that word? Yeah. <laughs> it's called or color. Or you
2: type colorway, and, and your um, computer tells you that you've spelled something wrong, and you're like, no, this is a word.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh my goodness. Well, Leanne, it's been really fun and informative talking with you so so thanks for taking time
2: absolutely my pleasure
0: all righty bye-bye take care All right. Well, so since I don't have a co-host to like bounce back and forth thoughts on that that interview, I thought I'd give you all a quick half marathon update because since Molly and I talked at what was the intro of this show, we've run our half marathon. course, ended up being way hillier than we thought it would be. Then we, I don't know, like it's hard to read those elevation maps and what they really mean. So it turns out there was Uh, About 1,800 feet of climbing over 13.1 miles. And we've definitely been staying away from some hills because it um, is not great for my uh, previously fractured ankle. So anyway, that's a long way of saying that it wasn't quite the speed that we wanted it to be. But um as I knew would happen, Molly beat me. She um came in about uh, a little under two and a half minutes ahead of me, and she fished in two oh five ten, I fished in two oh seven thirty. And, but, um, my goal was to stay at about a rate of perceived exertion five. And I did that. And, um, then also my new goal after I realized it was a really hilly course and I wasn't beginning to make my time I was like I want my final mile to be my fastest and with the help of um, Ariana Grande and Alicia Keys um, songs on my playlist at the exact right moment I was able to do that I was very excited to sprint for the finish so it was great to be back racing again Um, Molly was there at the finish line to greet me and um, it was a really fun day so um, anyway so now let's hear from Dimity over in the train like a mother club which has added
3: several 5k training programs recently Hello, hello, it's Dimity in Denver, leaping around, getting ready to celebrate our famous leap day on Monday. So exciting. I think that calls for some Hershey kisses, don't you? Anyway, I've got our Train Like a Mother Club corner here. This comes from Martha, who is in the Marathon Challenge and has some good insight for all of us. She writes, I'm feeling so grateful, in retrospect, to have had a few months free from having training feel like a chore. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is that sometimes we enter slumps where every run feels like a binding contract. But it dawned on me today that for quite some time, I've had the good fortune of being in the upswing of training, where I can't wait to check my daily run box. If you're currently on the other side of that cycle, take heart in knowing a new wave of energy will for sure be just around the corner. She speaks and writes the truth, of course. Thanks, Martha. And then our song is actually not from somebody in the challenge. It's from uh, Katie, who came to our retreat in Little Rock last year. But she wrote on that Facebook page that still pipes up every once in a while. Um, her new running song is, her new favorite running song is FM Static. My brain says stop, but my head says go. And then she writes, wait, did I hear about that on the podcast? Maybe. Sorry if I did, and I'm acting like I single-handedly discovered, signed, and produced this. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Now it's time for me to do six miles on the treadmill before supervising 15 six-year-olds at a trampoline party. Ready? Go. Again, that song is FM static. My brain says stop, but my head says go. Don't think, just go. And I'll see you next time.
0: another mother runner we are big believers in stating a goal of putting it out there into the universe so here goes we are trying to reach the 10,000 mark for followers for our three twitter accounts please follow us to help us reach our goal we are at the mother runner and i'm at sbs on the run we'd also appreciate if you would like our facebook page it's called wait for it another mother runner you can always ask apparel or gear questions along with any other queries on our page we reply to the vast majority of questions posed on our page And while we hope you're sporting saucony, many happy miles to you, whatever you're wearing.